Welcome back to the California Work Comp Report. Today we are back with a new series. This time we're joined by returning guest, Work Comp Attorney Phil Walker, to discuss what we call Navigating Change, Accountability and Culture Shift in Healthcare. Dr. John Alchemy and Phil Walker discuss the very tough issue of abuse of power in the workplace, namely the healthcare workplace, and how it directly and indirectly affects everybody. And now on to part one of our series. Hi, my name is Dr. John Alchemy. I'm hosting the California Work Comp Report with Rate Fast here today. I have our uh, return guest, uh, the esteemed uh, Mr. Phil Walker Esquire. How are you doing, Phil? I'm good, and it's very nice to be esteemed. I appreciate it. <laughs> Usually, they just describe me as old because I've been in workers' comp now for 40, California workers' comp, for 41 years. And still standing, and still standing. Still standing, but kind of barely, kind of <laughs> barely. Well, Phil, we're um, doing a, a podcast series on big health care and, um, and what it's like with regards to uh, uh, harassment, uh, microaggressions, and and things of that nature. And I know that you've handled cases um, of this nature in the past. And I'm really interested in going through a couple of these questions we've had, both from uh, both from listeners, and then uh, just also from some of the, the the podcasts we've done in the past. But I wanted to start with maybe just a general question: um, What is big healthcare? I mean, you know, there's a little clinics with solo practitioners, ten to fifteen, but then we get into big healthcare, and what is it, and why is it different from a legal standpoint and and a work environment standpoint? Well, you know, it's very interesting if you think about the history historically in our country. Medical care was provided by individual physicians. They had their own offices. My great-grandfather was a physician in Birmingham, Alabama, and he literally saw patients in a room in the back of his house, <laughs> and the patients paid him in chickens and <laughs> eggs and things like that. Mm -hmm. and he was also the chief of surgery for the hospital in Birmingham, which was called the U.S. Steel Hospital. And it provided medical care for all of the employees of U.S. Steel. And they didn't pay anything. They came and everyone in their family and all of their medical care was provided by U.S. Steel. And in those days, the focus of medical care was on A, uh, getting patients well. Yep. And, uh, and B, doctors were viewed as altruistic individuals who would help people, who would provide treatment uh, without charge if that, if that was necessary. And that was the pattern of our health care for many, many, many years. Right. But our care has moved into a different pattern, which is where it has been corporatized and it is fundamentally all about money. Mm -hmm. All. All. And what you find is that large healthcare organizations are rarely run by physicians anymore. Mm -hmm. They're run by accountants. Right. Okay. And uh, people who've never seen the inside of an operating room, right. who've never removed a splinter. Mm -hmm. And all they do is attempt to essentially 
increase the charges for services provided, increase the number of patients the physician sees, and decrease the compensation the physician receives. Yeah. Okay? Right. That's that's basically it. Mm -hmm. And if you want to think of a parallel, think of our pharmaceutical industry. Right. In the United States, a pill might cost you a thousand dollars. In fact, I, I have a friend who had liver cancer and he's recovering from that and he takes a medication. And the medication that has been prescribed for him costs $55,000 a month. Oh, boy. A month. Now, luckily, he, he has insurance that pays a large part of this. He's a physician. He found the same medication in India for $150. Wow. And he has it sent to him from overseas. Jeez. Okay? Yeah. yeah. The, so... It's the here's here's the bottom line. Once this got corporatized, it became about money mm -hmm. and about power, as any corporate organization does. Yeah. It became they paid lip service to treatment of patients, mm -hmm. but the altruism of physicians, um, it got sacrificed. And the reason why it got sacrificed is, um, and people aren't going to like me saying this, but physicians in large corporate practices are like hamsters on a treadmill, okay? And these days they are given, you have 15 minutes with this patient, 15 minutes with this patient, 15 minutes, and they are just running on a treadmill right. all day long. Mm -hmm. That's why there's so much dissatisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I don't think any doctors would argue with you on that who work in corporate medicine. <laughs> no, but yeah. the other problem, and this is what's really contributed to it, we've seen fundamentally the collapse of individual or group private practices mm -hmm. because the expenses are so gigantic. Right. The expenses of maintaining full billing departments yeah. who deal with insurance companies who reject every bill that is sent to them or you send them a bill for a heart transplant for the surgery for a hundred thousand and they write back and say we'll pay you one thousand five hundred dollars i mean yeah this, this insanity mm -hmm. and this a lot of the claims work is handled by i'm just going to be really direct here by people whose last job was folding sweaters at the Gap. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you've told they us have that before. No education in medicine, mm -hmm. what is necessary, what procedures cost. Right. And that's so that the insurance company can pay as little as possible for their employees. Mm -hmm. But here's what happens it used to be that a doctor had a practice, he didn't, he had one person who handled the billing. And they handed a bill to the patient that said uh, $150 for fixing your fractured toe. Okay? Mm -hmm. And the patient paid it. Yeah. All right? They didn't need a giant department. But now to deal with insurance companies, you need a giant department to get pay. Mm -hmm. And you get paid less than what you're billing. And you have to hire more employees to even get that money. 
basically. Yes. And then add in the cost of malpractice insurance and everything else. And so physicians have now gotten to the point where they throw their hands up in the air and they say, I went to medical school to treat patients and get them well, but I now spend 90% of my time dealing with administrative matters. I can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to join Kaiser, Adventist, uh, whatever other organization you want to say. And that's what's really happened. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm really interested, Phil, is your thoughts on how the human resource department transforms when an organization gets really big. And when you get this number of employees, you are going to have some bad actors. You're going to have some bad apples. And the question is, does it fundamentally make sense for human resource to just start covering up and denying complaints because of the scale and just standardizing the approach and the policies? Um, Because these are enormous numbers of, of, you know, claims we're talking about, and it could bankrupt even the very large. I'm I'm curious on your thoughts about, about that role of human resource at scale. Yes, it's a very interesting issue. Um, In the old days, we didn't call it human resources. We called it personnel. Mm -hmm. When I used to be house counsel for U.S. Steel in the old days, there were two lovely ladies who were the personnel people for a steel mill I represented in California. Yeah. And... These were in the days when on Fridays, the steel mill workers walked through a a turnstile to a series of windows and they were paid in cash in an envelope. Okay. Unbelievable. They picked picked up what were called their pay packets. Mm -hmm. And when they went to the personnel department, there were two ladies and the ladies were lovely. And the ladies knew every single person in the mill Mm -hmm. and they knew who their family members were and what the issues were. And the ladies were focused on making sure that the employees had all the benefits that they were entitled to and that the company could help in whatever way was necessary to keep them working in a happy way. Okay. Okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so if there were problems with the supervisor, the ladies would get involved with that. Bob, come talk to me. Okay. And the ladies were usually fairly tough. Mm -hmm. If the employee was a bad apple, the ladies would say, listen, Tom, you need to improve your conduct here or you're going to be out. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was the old method of personnel. Okay. Okay. But quite candidly now, what has happened is this. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a saying in Washington, D.C., personnel is policy. Mm. So what happens in HR now is people start as um, file clerks. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Phone answerers, things like that. And they get promoted to human resources. And what happens in human resources is essentially what they do is they are people who check boxes, check boxes 
on forms. Yeah. They have a million forms. And their <laughs> job is to complete the HR 102, HR 107, HR 108, and check the boxes. Check right. the boxes. And the goal, the way they report their success is, I completed 900 forms this month. Right. And that is the way they think. Mm -hmm. It is like going to the DMV. Mm. Where all they care about is that you provide the identification, the title, you know, that kind of stuff. They're checking off boxes. Right. Once they are trained in that mentality, it never changes. Mm -hmm. Even if they go up to the senior HRP person in the corporation. Now, why do I share this with you? Yeah. Because let's say they are charged with doing an internal investigation. Exactly. Rather than finding the truth, mm -hmm. their goal is to check off a series of boxes. <laughs> and the boxes are interview the following employees who were involved. Yep. Check, mm -hmm. check, check. And then, and it depends on the corporation, but I will share with you the bottom line. The philosophy comes from the top mm -hmm. of the corporation. Yeah. The corporations have two philosophies. One philosophy is we want our employees happy. If they make a complaint, we want to find out the truth and we want to remedy it. Yep. That, in my experience, is about 15% of all corporations. Uh -huh. I will tell you that I've never seen a medical organization that has that as its philosophy. Right. Other 85%, their philosophy is this. Check off all the interviews. Check off all the documents. Say you found nothing to support the complaints and you're closing the investigation. And why do they do that? Because then they get to send a report that says, I did 900 investigations this month and I completed all of them. And see how all it really is, is checking off boxes and reporting that you've completed the investigations. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, too. Um, and I always struggle with this, but um, a corporation doing an investigation on itself with an employee that is paid by the corporation, it just seems like that's a little bit of a conflict of interest. What's your take on that, Phil? It is beyond a conflict of interest. Yeah. It is the most unbelievable thing. Uh, but they love to do this. Mm -hmm. Why do they love to do it? Yeah. Because in many cases I've had, I'd say in over 90% of the cases where I've gotten them to refer it to an outside investigation, right. the outside investigator supported the claims that were being made mm -hmm. and said the evidence supported it and the witnesses did. Yeah. That's the reason they don't want an outside investigator. You see, that person has no ax to grind. They don't care what the result is. They sure. just want to get a thorough investigation done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it is the most just bizarre, unbelievable concept to me that they would say, we're going to do all the investigations ourselves. In most corporations, when there are major allegations of fraud or theft or whatever, yeah. what they do is, 
they bring in an outside law firm. They don't say we're doing an internal investigation. No. But interestingly, in human resource related complaints, human resources departments love to say we're doing the internal investigation. It is a complete and total conflict of interest. Thanks for listening. To learn more about how power can be misused in the workplace, visit our blog at blog.rate-fast.com. And to learn more about RateFast, the Workers' Compensation Impairment Report solution, visit rate-fast.com. And hey, if you have any questions or comments about the California Work Comp Report, send us an email at caworkcompreport at rate-fast.com.